Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. To done. Watch out. Oh, oh, what are you doing? He threw him out of the ballgame. You've got to be paping me. What in the hell are you doing? What are you doing, Wagner? You gotta be kidding me. That is so bad. That is absolutely brutal. That's incredible. That is unbelievable. I'll tell you what. They have got to start making guys be accountable. That is totally absurd. That just tells you he has blue. Here's an umpire in the American League knows nothing about the game of baseball. That's unbelievable. We have always had problems with this guy right here. Welcome in, welcome back. Time for one of our, time for our favorite segment. What are you doing, Wagner? What are you doing around with the, during your pandemic? How, who's making news? How are they making news? And uh, Mark Rohde is making a podcast. Let me put a list together. And from last week's discussion, I want to know this week's topic, but it hit me later in the week. Oh my goodness, in all the discussions, I forgot Richard Pryor. I feel much shame. Did we not mention Richard Pryor when we You and I about- in our discussion, no, we were talking Chappelle as like maybe the young question number one, but then there's George Carlin. There's I we did not talk Richard Pryor, and then it came up, he came across my Twitter timeline. I thought, I'm I'm big dope. Yeah, well, I will just say that in our in the list that we constructed together on my podcast, Richard Pryor did turn out to be the number one on the collective list on my individual. And you could hear my entire top 10 on the podcast, if you'd like, with analysis. But my my personal number one is Eddie Murphy. But that's just, you know, because rock star Eddie um, yeah. from back in the day. And my friend, our friend, Anthony Heron of The Score, had a great comp for Eddie Murphy because the criticism with Eddie Murphy has always been he didn't do enough. I mean, he did some huge, memorable things and delirious and raw and comedian, but he did he kind of stopped and just made movies. But the comp is Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers of the Chicago Bears is a great sports comp to Eddie Murphy. Gail Sayers did it for such a short amount of time, but he was so brilliant that he was, yeah, no doubt about it, a Hall of Famer. And in my mind, Eddie Murphy worthy of the number one spot. But, yeah, there's some 
There's some great. I mean, there's so many. There's so many classics. Like Dave Chappelle, I don't think is number one, but he's definitely worked into the conversation of goat in the last few years. And starting with Chappelle's mm-hmm. show, and then there's been this great crescendo arc in his career that he's definitely worthy of conversation. I don't have him there yet. But then you got all. You got some some newer comedians like Bill Burr and um, Sebastian. Uh, Maniscalco, nice. who is pe- people absolutely love him. Um, Amy Schumer is great. I mean, she's a superstar all of a sudden. And Sarah Silverman and um, so and Joan Rivers is one of our top ten in the collective list as well. So it's it's probably the most challenging list that we've had to put together. A lot of honorable mention to go with it too. So yeah, I I I'd love it if you if it is free. Uh, I get nothing from it other than the satisfaction of you guys listening to it so we can have fun together. I am not getting paid to do it. I'm just doing it for fun, and you don't have to pay a cent to listen to it either. So I appreciate you uh, tuning in to let me put a list together. Let me put a list together. So what is this week's topic with you and Brian Mitchell? We are not positive. We think we've got one of two possibilities. This is going to be episode 11, and I think we're either going to do... Martin Scorsese movies, top 10 Ooh. Marty Scorsese, which <laughs> sounds mm-hmm. like another really fun list. Or we might, Brian was suggesting that we possibly do a, a, a mailbag kind of episode because we get lots of questions and suggestions and get to know you kind oh. of thing. So we might, we might break format a little bit. Um, just to discuss the show and take some listener feedback and do stuff like that. So we we shall we we you know after ten exhausting episodes we might need a break from the format. Okay, well I would say if you do, if you, eventually you will do Scorsese movies, whether it's this yes, week. Yes, we will. You, that's unavoidable. I would just say that in the background you should just have the coda from Layla playing the entire time. And that's the way I would do it. That's the music oh, yes. accompaniment I would go with. The Dakota from Layla. <laughs> there so, it is. So we have, now that we have the Mark Grody update, we need to get a Trash Panda update. Because we have an, I have another varmint, uh, Woodland Varmint story. So our Trash Panda producer has an update on that, and he's been designated as our Jay Cutler Chicken Hawk viewer. Join the crowd, Trash Panda. Okay, where do you guys want to start? Do you want to start with the Staczynski household, or do you want to start with Jay Cutler's? Oh, yeah, the Staczynski, the the Trash Panda is always home plate for us. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. So I actually saw my parents this week for the first time since the pandemic started. They came up to Chicago for a little visit. And so we we talked a little bit about this, and as of that as of when I talked to them that afternoon, they said that the raccoon hadn't shown up in a few days, so they think that the ammonia they put around the house was working. However, I then received a follow-up text from my mom not too long after that said the raccoon is back. Last night, they saw it on the trail cam, I guess, so it is still an issue. And so they're trying to figure out what to do about that because I, quite frankly, even I'm out of ideas. And there's also a squirrel problem now because my dad planted some new grass in the back of the house, like where there's a part of the back of the house that doesn't get a lot of sun because, you know, just the house is two and a half stories tall, basically, so it gets a lot of shade towards the back just the way it's set up. So he plants new grass back there, and I guess some squirrels came in and dug some holes in that area. So it's an ongoing war to get the, the critters away. 
Usually squirrels aren't really a problem. That one, that one surprised me. So. Well, I want to share with your parents that they could have a new. This this all sprang from a minor league team, the the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Well, now they have another choice of a team from Richmond, Virginia, the Richmond Flying Squirrels. That, that I have no idea if they're going to play, but their team logo is a yes, a flying squirrel with uh, an R uh, over its heart in the middle of an acorn planted over its over its <laughs> That's heart. That's pretty cool. <laughs> They I, are the I'm, flying squirrels. I gotta say, I don't like black, that. Black, red, and gray. So, how do your parents feel about rooting for a team in Richmond? The flying squirrels. And I by would, the way, by the way, the manager of the last two years was Willie Harris, former White Sox player. Really? I would say, I would say the Trash Pandas because I think that's a better name. Flying squirrels is fine, but okay. yeah, I, I would go with the. I All like right, the, so I now like the Trash Pandas now, a little better. So trail, we go from trail cam to J cam. So why don't you update the group on how sick your life has become based on your TV choices? Okay, well this isn't even TV. This is Instagram. This is oh Instagram yeah, sensation right. Jake Cutler this week. Well, here I'll set it up. This this is from Cuddy's Instagram. I think this was on Wednesday night. He started posting on his Instagram stories. And for a little background, if you guys didn't know. Jay, when that Instagram first started, his, his handle is actually if Jay had Instagram because Kristen Cavallari started this Instagram for him uh-huh. and was using it for him. But since they have now broken up, Jay is actually using the Instagram, and it's significantly better because you get content like this on Wednesday. So this will set up the whole thing, and then I'll have the, uh, the most recent update. Okay, here's the deal. First story. It's a big one. We've got a uh, chicken serial killer on the loose. We've lost quite a few. Tonight, we're gonna set up a trail camera. See if it's a coyote, bobcat, I don't know, raccoon. Could be anything, not sure. But enough's enough. These ladies are a little edgy right now, so we've gotta figure this out. There is one, uh, one other possibility. Could be an inside job. Thelma over there, while she looks nice and sweet, is a savage with loose morals. Thelma, hey cat, kitty cat. I hope you show. I hope you don't show up on camera tonight. Okay, so good news. He eliminated the cat as a suspect that night because the cat didn't show up on any of the trail cams, and so he decided that the cat is no longer a suspect, even though he still maintains that Thelma is a, it has loose morals, a savage with loose morals. So, and in, 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 in now the time since then, he has set out trail cams, and he, he was all in on last night, especially trying to catch something. He hasn't lost a chicken since Wednesday. He got a couple more from his guy, I forget what his guy, his chicken guy's name was, but he said, like, I got some more chicken for my guy. And he even got a couple roosters over there now too to help maintain the order a little bit. And he's got he names. has a chicken connection. Yes, he apparently he has a chicken a guy, chicken corner boy. He just drives <laughs> yeah. by. And, and oh so, no. Sorry, go ahead, Grady. By the way, real quick, real quick, because I've discussed this topic, but I've never asked this question: Is does Jay have these chickens just as as pets? I think that he uses them for the eggs, I'm guessing, because he has, okay. like, seven right. of them at least, and like, okay. fenced in, you know? 
So I'm right. guessing he's not just keeping them as a hobby, but I don't. Maybe he yeah. is. So I'm guessing he okay. has, has them for the eggs. But okay, carry on. Yes. So again, that's just speculation. He hasn't actually said what he has them for. He just has. He for sure has them. But anyway, the most recent updates this this morning. I, I made sure to check his story this morning because I knew he was going to have an update. So. The cameras captured nothing overnight, once again, and he is now befuddled. He's like, I don't know what's out there. I don't know what's going on. So I think he's got a new game plan. He's going to put, like, six trail cams out tonight, this next night, that is, and try to catch whatever it was that has been stalking his chickens. And maybe they're, maybe it's not even around anymore, is my guess, because he hasn't lost one in a few days. Wait, I thought I thought I, w- I read part of this that he got a rooster to muscle up on whatever might be roaming yes, around. Yes, he the did. He has like area. yeah, he does. That was on like Thursday, I think. He showed like yeah, he's got a rooster now, and he's got he's got like one rooster, like the main guy, and he's got like he calls them as his, his his like his sidekick is a little smaller one that's not you know not as aggressive, but is is a rooster. So he yeah, he's brought in some backup, but so maybe that's. <laughs> I would guess that's keeping whatever away, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. He's like, it could be a coon. It could be a coyote. It could be a bobcat. I guess they have bobcats down there. So he's like, he doesn't know. He even speculated maybe it's Bigfoot. Well, Trash Panda, I would like you and the rest of the Stadzinski family to take a lesson from Jay Cutler in the, the concept of protecting animals instead of trying to destroy the animals with whom we share the land to protect them and no, watch no, no, over no, no. them here's, here's the thing and, here's the thing Brody. and i talked about this with my mom when i saw her on thursday because i was i was we were talking about this actually we were talking about the show and i said that i have to i maybe i have to explain more that you have to solve the problem even if you just find out what it is, now you know what the problem is, so now you have to solve the problem. You can trap the animal if you want and take it somewhere else, but you would have to take it 100 miles away to ensure that it's not going to just come back because it will just come back. That's, well, so your, you have to eliminate there, the problem. There's your woodland varmint update. Right, and we look forward I, to more, both woodland yes. varmints and and certainly Cuddy's chicken. That's the... Jay Cutler, Chicken Hawk, I thank you so much, Trash Panda. It's it's been a unique insight that we've received. I have a real quick. Uh, mom bait. get mom, but I want to make sure that Studs' yeah. mom, she's she's into this now. She gets the bit. She wasn't quite sure why we were discussing Dad shooting from inside the house to the. She trash gets it. Panda. She gets oh, okay. it. All right. I get weekly updates now. All right, go ahead, Mark. I just want to give a phase four update as it pertains to the city of Chicago itself. And I am overlooking the lake. I'm overlooking Ohio Street Beach and the the water in front of the beach. So I'll just call it I'll call it the ocean of Ohio Street. And mm-hmm. there are more boats out there than I have seen since last summer. I'm looking at about 50 boats, a couple of jet skis. However, I will say that unlike usually, the, the boats are not close to each other. Usually what you see out here is the boats beginning to converge as the ladies and the men like to mingle a little bit and you get the boats kind of cu- cuddling up with each other. That's not happening at the moment. However, I, I do wonder 
as the the six packs and the 12 packs continue to go down will the boats converge but right now there is behavior however lots of boats on the ohio street beach ocean we don't really expect that any kind of discipline will be um shown do we We'll see. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay on it. I have a bird's eye view of, I and do. I'm watching and it right now. Yeah, if, if I start to see out to see how many masks are being worn, <laughs> that's a great idea. I wish. I, actually, I do know. Maybe I will get out. You binoculars. do have binoculars. We discussed this. Yes, yeah, I do. That was right. my fifth year, five-year anniversary at CBS Radio when we were CBS there you go. Radio. There you yeah. go. They need to give you some new sunglasses now, as opposed to the ones you bought at a at a filling station. <laughs> uh, passing this week should be noted. James Patrick Brimer goes by Pat Brimer, born in Highland Park in 1950 on St. Patrick's Day. He was. He passed away after a long illness. He was in Los Angeles. He was a puppeteer. You, and people listening to the score, know his work best. He puppeteered the golf course gopher in Caddyshack. Mm. So in keeping with the Woodland Varmint theme, I thought this was very appropriate. He also puppeteered in Team America World Police. He has a lot of other credits. He was, he was in demand, but... Team America, World Police, and it has the song that you can't, I, I you can't say because they always use naughty words in there. We can't say them on, on the radio. But um, that was one of the all-time great puppeteering things. And he taught puppet building. Pat Brimer did. He taught workshops through the Los Angeles Guild of Puppetry, and served on the board of the organization for many years. So. Um, condolences to his family. Uh, seems like a life well lived. He was he was somebody who is um, a legend throughout the puppeteering industry, and he he was the gopher in Caddyshack. I had no How about idea. that. That yep. is yep. that is made for what are you doing, Wagner? That was right. Absolutely beautiful. By the way, speaking yep. of puppets. Um, have you ever seen the movie The Happy Time Murders? No. It is a, like, adult subject movie with people and puppets. And it was destroyed by the, the critics. The critics hated it. And I kind of liked it but you haven't seen it so it's, it, Melissa McCarthy is in it she is in it and um, oh. yeah it didn't do well this was a couple of years ago when it came out but ha- the hap- I would like you to watch the Happy Time Murders and tell me what you think at some point in time okay I'll see yeah. if I can make time for the Happy Time Murders we okay, are now going to make time for JJ Stankovitz. Uh he was he was putting on his Bears Cross he was doing the whole martyr thing this week We'll explain that. We'll have him explain that when we come back. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast welcome and welcome back steve rosenblum mark brody with you Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score, taking up till 2 o'clock. Zach Zabeman, the inevitable Zach Zabeman, will be here from 2 to 5. We're broadcasting live from Hyundai's, from the Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And so we've been, um, Mark, I read something this week, and it was um, it was written by our next guest, J.J. Stankovitz. He joins us on the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. And it was pretty much everybody hates the Bears. Nobody nationally likes the Bears. Why doesn't anybody like the Bears? Mommy, make it stop. And then he came to a very simple conclusion. So we're going to invite J.J. Stankovitz from NBC Sports Chicago on to share what he wrote and the conclusion he got to and is pretty much try not to suck. J.J., how are you doing today? I'm great, Steve and Mark. How are you guys? We're doing good, doing good. So what you wrote this week, caught my interest is like where is everybody what's share what you walk people through what you what the bears experienced this week now or recently uh nationally and then where this sits with you so so i don't know if anyone saw but cbs sports hq has been putting out top 10 lists of you know the 10 best edge rushers in the nfl or the 10 best safeties and Bears Twitter was not happy with them because on the 10 best safeties, Eddie Jackson was not present. On the 10 best defensive linemen, there was no Akeem Hicks. On the 10 best edge rushers, Khalil Mack was ranked number nine. So it turned into this whole thing about disrespect, and you know, it, it brought back up the whole thing about the national media hates the Bears because they're picking them to finish last in the NFC North or you know, win four games or whatever. And I've seen it a lot. And, you know, this happens with every fan base. I covered Notre Dame. I know what it's like to have a fan base think that everyone hates them. In the case of Notre Dame, it's because everyone, everyone actually did hate them. 
Um, but it, with the Bears, it was just like, as I was writing this, I was just like, you know, it's not the national media's fault that the Bears are not exactly at the forefront of their mind. You know, they're this 8-8 eight and eight team from last year that was neither good enough to be a legit playoff or Super Bowl contender nor bad enough to be talked about as having one of the top draft picks in the 2020 NFL draft. So the Bears are stuck in that irrelevant zone nationally. And if you want to get out of it, maybe have more than just one season over 500 since Lovey Smith left and was sorry, I should say was fired to uh, appease your next host, Zach Zaidman. Uh, and, you know, there, there is a, there's this, this feeling I get that the Bears are being overlooked nationally. And on the one hand, I give some credence to that because I think the Bears are a pretty decent football team. On the other hand, I have to question myself then when I you know, predict them to win 10 games and, and make the playoffs is what am I missing? Are, are we in Chicago too close to this team to, you know, are we missing the forest for the trees? Are we missing the fact that they just cannot figure out their offense and their quarterback is that going to overwhelm a pretty good defense? You know, it, it led to me asking a lot of questions about my own analysis about the Bears because these national guys are smart. They they know what they're doing. They don't hate the Bears. They're they they know who's good and who's not. Well, let me ask you then, not what are you missing, JJ, but what are you if you if you're predicting ten wins and I like it. What are you selling? Why do you think the Bears are capable of winning 10 games? I'm selling a great defense, uh, one that I think got significantly better this offseason with the addition of Robert Quinn. Um, And I'm selling an offense that can be competent with the guy I expect to start with that being Nick Foles. I'm not selling the Bears as a Super Bowl contender. I'm not selling them even as a team that I would expect to make a deep run into the playoffs. But with seven teams going to the playoffs this year, I'm selling them as a playoff team because they have one unit that's really, really good and should be in the top three, four, five in the NFL this year. So that alone should be good enough to get the Bears to the playoffs. That alone, though, does not make the Bears a Super Bowl contender. We're talking with J.J. Stankovitz of NBC Sports Chicago, talking Bears football here on The Score. So I could blame... Ryan Pace for Eddie Jackson being left out because he signed a safety, haha Clinton Dix, who who didn't let Eddie Jackson play his best ball in his best spot. I could blame Matt Nagy for Khalil Mack's drop to nine from defensive player of the year status or consideration because Matt Nagy doesn't like to run the ball. You don't run the ball, your defense is going to be on the field more. So his bad quarterback decisions, his whatever, bad quarterback decisions, bad play calling, refusal to use the running game, and any reason you cannot do convert a three and one, you're making your defense pay for it. And we could see how they kept slipping. So you think that changes this year, and it's not just Robert Quinn. The offense has to contribute. You can't just have – I don't think you can have one outstanding one outstanding unit. I think the offense has to make the defense better just by not sucking. So do you believe any of that's going to happen? I, I do. I, I think the offense is going to be better than last year. I mean, they were, they were the fourth-worst offense in the NFL when it came to points per game last year. I don't see that happening again this year. Matt Nagy is too smart. There And I know some people may roll their eyes at that, but Matt Nagy is a smart coach. 
Um, there's a lot more of a discussion that we can get into on that. But he's too smart a coach for them to have that bad of an offense. The question I have is how much better of an offense are they going to have? Are they going to be 24th in points per game? Are they going to be 20th? Are they going to be 16th? Are they going to be in the top half of the league? I don't know. I tend to think they're probably closer to that 16 to 20 range in terms of points per game. But if you're in that range with a defense that's in the top five in points allowed per game, that probably gets you to the playoffs especially, again, with an expanded playoff field. And, and you're right, Steve, you can't look at this thing in a vacuum, but you can look at it as if the offense is just marginally better. Because last year, I mean, look, they still went 8-8 eight and eight last year with a god-awful offense. If that offense was slightly better in games where the defense should have won them the game, like against the Packers in, in Week 1 and against the Chargers uh, in October, the Bears are all of a sudden 10, or the Rams, throw those three games. If the Bears' offense just did its job when the defense should have won them those games, they would have won 11 games and been in the playoffs again. They would have leapfrogged the Vikings. And that, it, like it, what I'm saying is there's not as wide of a margin between the Bears and being a playoff team as I think we may think because last year felt like such a disaster. The, the margin is just going to have to be erased by a better offense. Um, you know, with, with Matt Nagy kind of leading that charge and then whoever the quarterback is, again, I would expect that to be Nick Foles. JJ, if if we were to agree that Allen Robinson is the going to be the most productive player in the Bears offense or most important, who do you think the second most productive mm-hmm. guy either will be or or maybe better yet should be or has to be in order for this offense to be successful? That's a really, really good question, Mark. Um, I think the second most productive member of the Bears offense will be Anthony Miller, but I think it should be Tariq Cohen. Mm -hmm. And this all comes down to if the Bears are able to put Tariq in the positions he needs to be in to make the kind of plays we saw him make the first two years of his career. Like One thing Mark Tariq said on on a conference call we had with him a couple weeks ago was that last year, every time he went out into the slot, a DB was lined up over him. And then every time he was in the backfield, it was all linebackers. And that, that just was a microcosm of how predictable the Bears' offense was and how little flow there was, how few good matchups they were able to get. And I think a lot of that had to do with coaching. I think a lot of that had to do with the lack of a tight end at all who you could rely on. Uh, but I, I think if, the, if Tariq Cohen is the second most productive member of the Bears' offense, they're going to be in a much better place this year because the kind of things he can do are the kind of things the, Bear, you know, the Bears' offense missed last year. It's not just the explosive plays, but it's picking up a first down on 34 in a number of different ways. He, he's really good at that, and last year just kind of got away from him too. You know, I'm not sitting here trying to absolve Tariq of everything from last year, he did have a set of career high in drops. He did have some plays where, you know, he, he maybe got out of bounds a little bit too fast, and he admitted he wore down faster than he expected last year. But on my pecking order of reasons why Tariq Cohen wasn't the player he was uh, his first two years in his career, he's number, third, number three on that list. So I think if, if the Bears can get him back to that level of being that number two option, I think a lot more things are going to fall into place. Talking with J.J. Stankovitz, NBC Sports Chicago, talking Bears here on The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you. Uh, the third and four, third and three, third and two, third and one. 
Mike Lombardi was on the uh, score this week, uh, Mulligan Haw show. And he basically said, I ran this by Mark, so I want to run it by you, JJ. The offense, Bears offensive line is not tough enough. That, that to be tough enough, here's what's coming. It's third and one. We know what's coming. You know what's coming. You can't stop us. We're going to get it, and we get it. And he said the Bears offensive line was not tough enough, and he hasn't seen it improve. What do you think about that? I, I think he's right. Uh, I've heard this from a lot of people, you know, around the Bears, around the league, that when you think of the Bears' offensive line, they're, eh, you know, they're okay. Uh, they don't have that one guy who, you know, it's what Olin Cruz said last season on a football after show, that when the Bears lost Kyle Long, and this is also in reference to losing Akeem Hicks, that they lost the guys that you want on your side in a bar fight, just like those, like, physical, mean, brawling types. And I think every offensive line needs to have one of those guys. And I don't know if the Bears have that guy. They've got some guys who are really good. Cody Whitehair is a really good player. Uh, James Daniels has a lot of upside. But they don't have that guy who is just going to, like, kind of punch you in the mouth. And I think of those, like, third and one plays, that, that is where it sometimes shows up. And... The you know signing Jermaine Effetti and not drafting a, a an interior offensive lineman until maybe the seventh round uh, with the two guys they took there and betting you know that Jermaine Effetti and Rashad Coward are going to battle it out to be your starter feels like they're they're selling the talent in that unit a little bit short and it more more accurately it feels like they're betting that Juan Castillo can be the solution to their offensive line not a player. And I don't know how many times I can say this, but if you're betting that you, if you're betting that Harry Heastand wasn't a good enough coach for your offensive line, that is a really <laughs> risky bet. And I, I just, I have a lot of doubts. Well, I think Juan Castillo is, you know, he comes across as a guy who's got a really good message. Um, you know, a guy who may be a pretty good coach for this offensive line who meshes with Matt Nagy, but if you're telling me Harry Heastan couldn't get this offensive line to perform the way you needed it to perform, I don't know who can. And to me, that then that becomes a talent issue, and they didn't really upgrade their talent. So that, that to me, is a, a big concern going into this year uh, because if that offensive line can't get it done, especially in those kind of mano-a-mano physical situations, then this offense is still going to struggle. Yeah, and we were talking about configuration earlier and we know that james daniels put on on 10 pounds i don't know how much that helps but you know castillo didn't rule out the possibility of james daniels going back to to center and sliding cody whitehair back to guard what do you think though do you think they keep it the way it was at the end of last year or do you think there's still a chance for daniels to go back to his college position and that would be center i think there's a chance mark um you know the Juan Castillo hasn't coached James Daniels yet. So I think there's an aspect to it of, you know, the Bears need to get to training camp and actually have Juan Castillo lay eyes on James Daniels and say, all right, this guy can fit what we want our center to do. But the, whatever the Bears decide, they just got to stick with it because James Daniels is a talented player. He's got a lot of upside. But yeah. they're not doing him any favors by bouncing in between guard and center so much. Um, I know it's a, you know, a fairly easy transition to make in terms of some of the physical stuff and some of the assignments. But, you know, in terms of calling out, um, you know, IDing the mic and, and making some of the protection checks, you know, you need a lot of experience to do that. 
and Daniels doesn't quite have it. So I think that if the Bears, whatever decision they make this spring, or sorry, this summer, they just got to stick with it. And, and I think that will be the biggest benefit to their, their O-line long-term. Talking with J.J. Stankovitz, NBC Sports Chicago, talking Bears football here on The Score. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you on Saturday Suckage. J.J., I, Mark and I talked about this earlier. Mike, Mark, Mike Furry talking about Riley Ridley, expecting the greatest jump, greatest surprise, greatest increase in, in whatever it's going to be. And Furry said that learning the playbook and learning the speed of the NFL were among the reasons that Ridley didn't get a lot of opportunities last year. Well, God, under these circumstances, how is that going to improve? How is that ever going to happen? He's got to get on the field. Um, I, I So Mike Fury is a, a very good motivator, and I don't doubt the things he told us are the things he's telling Riley Ridley on these Zoom calls the Bears are having. But this is no, this is nothing against Riley Ridley at all. This is just more of a general statement, is that I, I kind of feel like the Bears have lost the benefit of the doubt when it comes to projecting out guys, especially draft picks recently, uh, to be really good contributors on this offense because they have had not necessarily misses. Obviously, Mitch is the big miss here, but you know, Anthony Miller hasn't quite broken out yet. I, I think he's going to be in for a pretty solid year three. But, you know, David Montgomery was supposed to be the fix to the Bears' run game. And for a little fault of his own, he was not. And Riley Ridley, you know, oh, this guy who was a top 50 guy on everyone's board, and he magically fell to the fourth round. And, and all of a sudden, now in year two, we're going to count on him to be a big part of the offense. Like, I, I got to see it first before I believe it. And, again, this, this is not a shot at Riley Ridley. This is not a shot at. David Montgomery or any of these guys, but I, I think we just need to see it first because when it comes to picking guys to fit the Bears' offense, it, it hasn't gone super well lately. So I think we need to kind of look at everything with a very critical eye until they show otherwise. Well, and I think that to add to that, J.J., this cannot be a development year for the Bears. I mean, this is kind of, in a lot of different ways, a must-win season for the Bears. So you have to say that Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Tariq Cohen, and David Montgomery are the guys who are probably going to catch the bulk of the footballs. And unless Riley really does make this really obvious jump, you can't really take a chance on on guys lower on the depth chart this year. Yeah, I mean, think about you know all those guys you mentioned, A-Rob, Cohen, Miller, Montgomery, throw in Jimmy Graham in there. You yeah. got five guys who are almost certainly going to be ahead of Riley Ridley on the, the target pecking order, and I would probably expect Cole Komet to be ahead of him too. So how does Riley Ridley move up that pecking order? It really is going to be what he does during training camp practices and then preseason games, which are going to be shortened, and there may be fewer preseason games. Camp may be truncated for all we know. Um, it's going to be hard for him to do that. He's, he's got to do a lot. He's got to show a lot that he wasn't really able to show last year. You know, if you remember training camp, he missed a lot of it with an injury. He didn't really do much during the preseason. And then the season rolls around, and when he gets on the field against the Lions, he forgets to run on the field. So uh, they're just they're, it, it's a hard situation to break in 
when you do kind of need to lean on the guys you trust this year because, Mark, as you said, this is, this is not a year to throw a guy out there who's not ready and just see if it right. works. Uh, there, there is far too much on the line this year. Bears and 12 personnel. We, we talked about Graham and Komet. You have to believe you'll see them both on the field at the same time, right? At some point in time, you're going to see 12 personnel. And what is that going to mean? How often? What, how do the Bears handle that? What has Bears yeah. history well, been with that under Matt Nagy? I know it was going around this week because Matt Bowen tweeted about it, that you know, the, the Eagles and the Chiefs were in the top five and using 12 personnel. The Bears were in the bottom three in the NFL. Uh, that's a drum I've been beating for months now that uh, the we haven't seen really what Matt Nagy's offense can do with 12 personnel because he's never had he's never had the wide tight end first of all at all whether it was Adam Shaheen or Deion Santee he's not been able to rely on those guys to be a wide tight end and then last year Trey Burton was hurt so they didn't have any reliable U or wide tight end on that roster and I think there's a dimension to Matt Nagy's offense that we have not seen because you look at Philly and Kansas City, what they're able to do out of 12 personnel, they are so effective with it. And they're able to do it because they have good tight ends. Obviously, Travis Kelsey in, in Kansas City and Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz in Philadelphia. Uh, the Bears have to have the personnel to do it first, but I think there's, there is some untapped potential in Matt Nagy's offense if he can get two tight ends on the field. He just, he's got to be able to trust the, the two tight ends he has. You can't just throw, you know, you can't just use this 12 personnel offense if you have two bad tight ends on the field. So it's going to be incumbent on Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet and Demetrius Harris to prove worthy of using 12 personnel before we can really see what it looks like. But I think if they can, I think you're going to see a lot of it this year. And I think that that's going to help Matt Nagy run the ball more. It's going to help him use play action more effectively. Uh, it could really open up a lot of different avenues for this offense to be better. Yeah, and, and I really don't know how to answer the question of because I've been asked it plenty, and I'm sure you have too, JJ. Like the the what the impact of Cole Komet will be this year, how fast he can pick things up. I, I think he can pick things up quickly because he seems smart, football smart, book smart, the whole package. But lack of experience and that being a tough position to learn at the NFL level, I have no idea how to answer the question of how productive is Cole Komet, you know, from the start of this season. Do you know how to answer that question? Yeah, I, I keep going back and forth on it, too, because the, the track record of rookie tight ends is not exactly stellar. Um, you know, for every Rob Gronkowski catching 10 touchdowns, there are a bunch of guys who barely crack 100 yards. So I, I think that what, what I just want to see out of Cole Komet, if I'm the Bears, is just that he's reliable enough to be on the field, that he doesn't need to catch six passes for 80 yards every game or be just like a, a A-plus run blocker. But if you can just reliably have him on the field and you don't have to worry about him making a big mistake, you, you can trust that he's going to run the right route, he can be physical enough in the run game, then that's all you need. The production will take care of itself. Um, whether it's there or not, the overall offense will be better because of it. So, you know, if Cole Komet goes out and catches 30 passes for 400 yards, but is on the field for 55% of their offensive snaps this year, that's probably a pretty good year for Cole Komet. JJ, before we let you go, we appreciate your time today. We needed an update, and the last time you joined us, we thought there might be some epic filling of a diaper as you were (laughs) juggling your many responsibilities in this life. So can you update us on that? 
Um, I can. I, I was not the one who bore the brunt of this, but um, right before uh, we put our kids down for a nap, I won't say a name, but one of them had a uh, one of one of them ruined his entire clothing outfit. Um, so we had to throw that away. Epic, epic, as we say in the business. Yeah. Okay. It well, way to soldier on. Way to soldier on through all of it. We appreciate your determination and your stick to itiveness. I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, JJ. That's JJ Stankovitz, NBC Sports Chicago, uh, writing about the Bears. Um, we'll take a break. Top of the hour, Zach Zabin will be here. He'll be on from 2 to 5. And, uh, Mark, when we come back, I found a no fans in the ballpark. A team has come up with an idea I love. So I want to run that by you and see if you love the idea. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosen with Mark Rohde. With you, Saturday Suckage. Before we turn it over to the inevitable Zach Zayman. Mark, I heard, I found an idea like no fans in the ballpark, um, at least for starters. So the Giants, San Francisco Giants have told season ticket holders that they will be starting a fan cutout program which allows them to submit an image to be placed in the stands in their seat during home games. So they, they will have it. It'll look like people are there and the people who were in those seats. I have no idea how flexible they can become, but I love the idea. Let's say you go to the Giants or let's say the Cubs do it, right? And, and it, you say, look, my grandma, my grandpa, they're longtime Cub fans. They were dead when you guys won. Can I do this and, and blow up a picture and put it in your season ticket? I love this idea. I think it's a great way to great dress idea. up the ballpark, right? And I, Absolutely. You know what I would su- I, I'd love to see it. I suggest if the Cubs do this, that Sammy Sosa buy season tickets to the Cubs. <laughs> He's sitting there like Marlins man. You're like, right. cardboard buy, cut buy out tw- of Sammy in the front row. Buy, tw- <laughs> buy 20 season tickets, Sammy, if the Cubs do this, and then put <laughs> run 20 Sammy Sosa pictures. First of all, I think it's the only way he gets in the in the park in the near term. But wouldn't here. it look great? There's all these Sosa things, and and Sosa is nothing if if not. You know, his his idea of self-medicating is looking in, in a mirror and talking about himself and, and all that faux humility and stuff. So, um, and then I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't think how they can keep me out and all that kind of stuff. If you buy season tickets and the Cubs do this thing, you're right. They can't keep you out. Wouldn't That'd be, that be one great? of the greatest trolls of all time. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, it would. Like, like, he's got the big Sammy smile and he's holding the little, the little American flag, like, with yeah. the cardboard cut out right in the front row, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's wonderful. I love it. Well, do like it's a not, bunch, it's the, it's, they do like yeah. a bunch of different cardboard cutouts of Sammy. That would be even better. Like one for each yeah. season ticket he has. <laughs> so there's there's 20 different versions of Sammy Sosa. Yeah, I know yeah, the Giants are doing this. Out. Right. Yeah, no, I would want the same one. I would, would just want the sort of make it, it feel like some kind of horror film. 
and the, and the Cubs would immediately cancel this promotion. They would never allow people to do it. They're not allowing it now, but I just thought this would be great if they did that. Like, um, and I don't know what the Sam, artistic terminology is, but there's something like when a picture looks, when the eyes always look like they're staring at you, like it would have to be yes. in that form as well, where every time you looked at it, it appeared like every single Cubs player that sees it, it's Sammy staring at you with the big Sammy smile and his souvenir American flag. Yeah, well, you're like, you guys are right. Behind the plate is better because he'd be looking at the camera every time. It's just, there's always 20 oh, Sammy yes. Sosas back there. Oh, my God. <laughs> So you, maybe you can discuss this tomorrow on Hit and Run. Maybe you can do that. Yes. Maybe this is a good topic. You can the Sammy Sosa blow up blow up photos. I yes, you just gave me my 11:40 topic tomorrow. No, actually, I can't do that because I have Bruce Levine <laughs> on. Bruce Levine will be on at 11:40. I'm actually having on. I have learned during the show that at 10 a.m. I will have on Hall of Famer Ozzy Smith at 10 o'clock tomorrow Whoa. morning. So, yeah, that'll be fun, man. Great is maybe the greatest defensive player of all time. Wow. So you're you're sitting in for Matt Spiegel. Usually you do a Sunday show I never know about until I'm listening that day or that afternoon. So now I know about this. You're doing hit and run from 9 to noon on the score? Yes, yes. I was supposed to initially I was doing disregard your score schedules. I was initially doing the 12 to 3, but now I am doing... 9 a.m. to noon, which is hit run. I'm filling in for for Matt Spiegel tomorrow, um, and he has mm-hmm. left me with a terrific guest list, including Ozzy Smith and Mark Gonzalez and Bruce Levine and Scott Merkin. So I'm gonna cover it all, man. We're gonna do baseball well tomorrow from 9 to noon. Gonzo, Gonzo, do you give yes. does hit and run give Gonzo his choice of walk up music where we hear some some NFL themed music? And the voice of it God. It will be something deluxe. You know it will be if it comes. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Ah. And so we're what playing would, Gonzo's uh, music. We're playing Gonzo's music without Gonzo on. We he's played a the Cali kid. What would he? What would he be into? You're you're a Cali kid too. So what? Right. No. That's that's best? it. It was about the Raiders. It was about okay. The oh, there you go. It's about go. the Raiders. That's that's why. Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. Quarterback must go down and he must go down. Wait, you're supposed to play the opening music, Trash Panda, <laughs> because you played the closing music to open no, the I show. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I played the drop, or I played the music that goes after the initial opening parts. So, you know, the James Dean song, I played that first instead of the other part first because I couldn't think for some reason this morning. I was well, admittedly off my game a little today, guys. It's my fault. I, I, grew, I got it back second. together for the last hour. Thanks to everyone who listened. Nobody called. Thanks to everyone who texted. Zach Zaidman's next on The Score. We'll see you next week on Saturday Suckage on The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait Wait a minute, minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. 
Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.